Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Kinetic Life Podcast, brought to you by Kinetic Renew. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your way to your dreams, your goals, and your success. We'll be fueling that with key information on topics like health, science, tech, and lifestyle, coated with a few laps along the way. In this episode, tech now teaching you when to stop blabbing, stroke yourself when you're stressed, Burn fat with the help of an asthma drug. Reverse aging with the help of an arthritis drug. Are loud noises slowly killing you? Yep. A mucus inhaler will prevent you from getting sick. Plus, a few helpful tips and tricks to help you on your journey. And now we begin. Here's Michael Chalabudis and Dr. Mark Hertzberg. Welcome to another amazing show of the Kinetic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shalavudis, with my good friend, Dr. Mark Hertzberg. Hi, this is Mark Hertzberg. Mike, you didn't mention if this was a great day or not. Oh, it's a pretty darn good day. This is a great day to do what we do. Pick the research articles we find the most interesting and see if we can rip them apart. Yeah, they try to make them sound confusing for the consumer, but... We go through them and uh, explain how what is actually really what, what is really going on and or where they're, they're wrong. You know the trouble people think they don't understand science when more often than not people can't write science. It's them, not you. Sometimes, Mark, uh, you, you might need help. Uh, you know, I think you talk too much, and sometimes maybe we should help you, you with the. Stopping. You, you know, talk that, you know. too much, you worry me to death. You talk too much, you even worry my pet. You just talk, talk. But enough of the 1950s music. Yeah, I was thinking more of, uh, you know, Kesha, you know, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, Coming out your mouth with the blah, blah, blah. But uh, I'm actually the strong, silent type, but I don't like to rub it in people's faces, so I hide it by talking. The Kinetic Life Podcast is sponsored by Kinetic Renew. With benefits like anxiety relief that doesn't knock you out, Renew increases energy, focus, and provides brain support. So get on with your day with Renew in liquid or gel caps. Visit KineticLife.com now and try it. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-Q-Life.com now. Well, apparently there's a new piece of technology, because apparently we needed this, that will tell you when to stop talking. Originally developed for singers, public speakers... Shut up! Oh. Who needs a device? Go on. <laughs> well, apparently it's required... Oh, it's was made for someone and out there, that, as I said, singers and public speakers, and it attaches to uh, around your neck near your vocal cords and there's another piece of equipment that goes around your your waist they wrist <laughs> not waist oh, this is hepatic haptic oh it's hepatic i'm like it's like I'm your not sure watch what... vibrates instead uh, <laughs> that makes more sense I'm like why is it by your liver <laughs> <laughs> but your liver oh i've been getting this massage <laughs> very strange <laughs> i don't see the liver vocal cord connection but i'll, I'll go with it <laughs> so anyway apparently it will tell you when you're 
overusing your voice uh, and that you, you sh when you should give it a rest. But uh, one of the issues I originally had with this is it just says that it's a preset threshold. So it didn't seem like there's any data to tell you when you hit that threshold. Well, but I of... think they were saying that there's an algorithm and it works with you to figure out your threshold. Okay. Okay. So that it will be somewhat personalized. And there are different people. If you are a professional singer, it might tell you, hey, shut up for 20 minutes. And then sometimes, might, you know, so it has different levels of, you know, what you need to do. But basically, the watch will vibrate when the throat pickup thinks that things are wrong. One thing they didn't go into... So I don't know if this is the research was vague or more likely the person writing it just didn't realize they were missing a key point. They never say if it simply measures, because they did mention it listens to how loud it can tell the difference between singing and talking. So does it, let's say this, this many minutes this loud, that many minutes this loud, and we think that's too much, or... Is it measuring things like uh, they're feeling the stress in the voice, that the voice is changing, that if it, you know you listen real closely, you could see it's a little shakier. It's yeah. a little, so they don't say if it's measuring for signs of stress and set thresholds or if it's just counting how much you've been doing. Well, I think it could make more sense uh, that it's looking for signs. But they never yeah. say anything to make you think that. That that's what they're doing. Mm. It it does make more sense, which is why we bring it up. But they don't go into it. No, I did say you know when it the warning device goes off that only fifteen or twenty minutes of rest is sufficient uh, to let you know your vocals rest before getting back right. to it. I think there's some individuals that I know that I would love to stick this device on them and tell them you know if the if it goes off that means you should stop talking otherwise you're gonna damage your vocal cords and maybe I'll be the one having control of the device and. Be hitting the button you know, more but, often than not to get them to shut up. <laughs> right, but now it's like a weapon. I can you can go to people who just won't you know stop boring you and go, you know, listening to your voice, I can tell that your throat's getting a little uh, irritated. If you talk too much longer, I, I would stop now and give it a rest. <laughs> so for the next twenty minutes, just keep your mouth shut, and we'll mm. uh, you know, we'll get back to the conversation after. The uh, and I'm going to train this dog to bark every time you talk, just to protect you from yourself. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think we're done talking about this one. Mike, stop talking about this. A year from now, you will wish you had started today. Author unknown. The only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible. Arthur C. Clarke. Worry is a misuse of imagination. Author unknown. If you want to be successful, find someone who has achieved the results you want, copy what they do, and you'll achieve the same results. Author unknown. So, Mark, do you know if uh, if you become stressed out, you could just stroke yourself to calm down? 
Uh, people have spoken about that in different ways. Yes, I've heard of it. Oh. Well, Not I, that there's anything wrong with that. Our judgment-free zone, I mean, it all, you know, doesn't... I guess it's not you could stroke a couple different things, but in this case, we're talking about um, the hair hair on your arm. Actually, specifically, it says a hairy skin. If you stroke hairy skin while stressed, it will reduce your stress levels. And apparently, a device was built um, that wraps around your forearm that has pretty much a soft brush on it, and it. Well, slowly stroke your forearm to reduce stress. And the test that was done, they took, um, gave two sets of individuals some a stressful mental exam. Uh, I forget what they actually called it. Uh, and they found that the people that had the device on, that there was no change in the blood pressure, but there was change in what was perceived as stress. So my thought was maybe there actually wasn't any reduction in stress. The weird brush device attached to the form is just distracting them from uh, actual exactly. feeling stress. Yeah. A uh, couple things. You know, as far as the mental exam, it sounded like when you said a mental exam, it's kind of like a neurologist is testing to see if Alzheimer's would begin or, they, they, you know, a psychiatrist is testing. I think this was more of a mental challenge, meaning they were giving you work, puzzles, calculations, something, a job that you have to think through. And the questions, you know, the whole thing was stressful. Maybe there was a time limit on it. Uh, are you being graded? So it was mental stress that they were causing by this, let's call it a challenge. Now, one thing they never get into is why you have to stroke a hairy part, uh, especially for those of us who are barely mammals and have pretty much zero hair. Uh, I'm closer, I guess, related to dolphins than apes. Uh, that's not going to happen. So uh, I, they don't say what the hair thing is. <laughs> I'm wondering, is it something to do with uh, an article we discussed a few weeks ago that hair helps you heal from scars? <laughs> so, um, I don't think so. Maybe they're just saying they don't want you rubbing scarry tissue. So, in any case, they should have gone into that. If you, if you keep saying it has to be here, why? Uh, bald guys unite. Nobody can pet you on the head and make you stress-free. Uh, then what you said was absolutely right. Now, stress begets stress. So, if you are stressing something and I make you perceive less stress, you know, the cycle of stress can be broken. So in theory, distracting a person could lower the stress. But they absolutely say that did not happen. They say the people, the measurements of physiological stress, they monitored heartbeat, blood pressure, things like that, no were change. identical mm -hmm. in the groups. So the stress and whatever the stress was doing to the body were the same. So as you said, this is just distracting them from saying there's too much stress. Well, then that's dangerous. <laughs> okay, that's the same as saying I'm going to numb you so when you accidentally stick your hand in the fire, you won't feel it and you will lose an arm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a good way of putting it. It's, and I'm not, I, the fact that they put this much research into and built this device that, Looks like some kind of wacky, you know, forearm pad with a rotating brush on it. 
just seems a little mind-boggling when pretty much all the data is, you know, like I said, the the vital signs are saying you're still stressed, but they're like, well, there's a 50% reduction in, in perceived stress, so it worked. Like, mm-hmm. mm, did it? I feel better about things getting worse. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's what most things these days is true with the, you know, in this world. Just things are still getting worse, but if you feel like, if you don't realize they're getting worse, or it seems like not as bad, then it's okay. Now, we've talked in the past many times about repurposed drugs. The uh, I'm just wondering if anybody taking part in this thing who had this mechanical thing placed on their arm to massage it, rub it, stroke it, whatever, snuck one home and said, I wonder if this can be repurposed. <laughs> it needs a bigger battery. <laughs> Fear of what other people will think is the single most paralyzing dynamic in business and in life. The best moment of my life was the day I realized that I no longer give a damn what anybody thinks. That's enormously liberating and freeing, and it's the only way to live your life and do your business. Cindy Gallup. Continuing on repurposed drugs, you know I'm a big fan of that. Uh, A new study showing the ability to turn yellow fat into beige fat with the use of an asthma drug. Now, they they actually say brown fat in the article, but it's really beige because you can't turn yellow fat to brown fat. And by you correcting that, you take away my fun of making fun of either the researcher or the writer. But go on, correct them. (laughs) So, to clarify those out there, yellow fat is kind of that visceral fat around your stomach. Uh, Brown fat is what you see on babies, which is... uh, has mitochondria in it, which are the powerhouse of the cell, and they can use up the fat stores uh, to create heat. So by uh, turning yellow fat into beige fat, it's mitochondria in your yellow fat, and the fat can be burned off as a source of heat. And that's where cool sculpting and a couple other things come into play. People jumping in you know, cold water trying to burn off more fat. People don't realize when they're running in their sweatsuits, they're just losing water weight, and you actually burn more calories in the cold than the heat, but that's for another time. Right. When you get cold enough and you shiver, you are trying to burn energy to heat up, and a lot of this is coming from the brown fat, which is full of mitochondria that is turning the fat into energy. The yellow fat is just storage of more and more energy and can sometimes have other factors that are not great for health if there's too much of it. Brown fat uh, works in the other direction. Uh, But as you said, and this is one of the problems with this whole thing, they talk about uh, beta-2 andronergic receptors. Yep. Now, in asthma, you take a drug, and they were, in this case, talking about something called salbutamol. Mm Mm-hmm. But they did mention, got to give them credit for this, that there was an article, a similar research last year using another such drug called Zalfirlucast. So this is being worked on actively. This isn't a brand new, we just started to think about this. But those same receptors that are used to activate them to deal with an asthma attack 
uh, also the ones that work with the brown fat. The one thing is they keep going back and forth without realizing it between activate and convert or grow. There's a big difference between doing something that makes yellow fat and as you said, it doesn't turn brown, it turns beige, which is kind of an intermediate yeah. hybrid of the two. Uh, so there's a difference between turning more cells into that, converting to the uh, healthier version of the fat, or taking the ones that are there and activating them to burn energy right now. And I believe going into the cold, it mainly the right now thing is it activates them. But if you do it enough, it causes you to have more of that fat, either grow more brown fat or convert yellow to beige. So they are real confused about it. And they don't even know they're confused because it's just randomly switched the words activate and grow or convert without realizing they're switching. So beta-2 adrenergic receptor agonists are well known in the fat loss community. Another one, uh, beta beta-2 adrenergic receptor uh, agonist is ephedrine, which is well known for being part of the diet. What's an agonist? Uh, an activator. Okay, the reverse of an antagonist that stops the agonizing. Exactly, and a, and a well-known one, which is actually a medication used, I believe, for asthma as well, which is the much stronger cousin of salbutamol, is clenbuterol. Ooh, clem. Which is well known in the uh, weightlifting community and those looking looking to burn extra calories. Uh, and it, I believe... Uh, through the process, it also causes it, the, the not only converting white to, to beige fat, but causing the mitochondria in that beige fat to go into overdrive and start actually burning the the fat. So it increases metabolism um, through a couple of different mechanisms. Are you ready for a good news, bad news kind of thing? Uh, with the fact that it, it does a lot of work on your heart too? <laughs> well... No, that that's that's a, that's a whole new topic you can talk about. Oh, okay. But the fact that they're saying we're taking an asthma drug. Now, a lot of times when we talk about we love repurposed drugs, what we're saying is it does this when we use it to do that. And we just found out it does something else when we need it to do something else. And we already know it's safe. So we don't have to, you know, we can get it to market much quicker because we know it uh, has already gone through years of that type of testing and proof in the real world. But the flip side is, when you're talking something like this, the fact that we know these drugs, let's say, can be used for asthma means when we want them to do things with the fat, they're going to have side effects. They're going to do things like they do in asthma, which can be harmful if you do too much or if you don't need it. And if they can do that, they can do other things in the body. So they have to, this is not a drug that they're going to repurpose and saying we're using this asthma drug to do that this is saying we know the concept work we now have to search for the magic pill an agonist like this that will be much more specific to, to doing the the to fat cells because yeah. as i mentioned it if you have heart issues you don't want to take something like this because it could send that heart to overdrive making caffeine look like uh you know looking pretty weak you know, as a mm. stimulant-wise. So, yeah, that that could be bad. So I agree. No, it's, uh, you got to take the good with, with the bad here. And this is very un umbrella, you know, 
reaction. Yes, this is the positive, but there's also a lot of potential negative uh, reactions that are, are will come about because of the uh, you know consumption of these drugs for an outside purpose. Because let's be honest, you only take an asthma drug even if you have an asthma issue. Everyone's looking to lose weight these days. So if uh, you know in the hands of the wrong person, they'll abuse it to the point and and, and may end up doing more bad than good. Now, if have they found out, number one, have they have done any research to see if people who routinely use the asthma drug have had any benefit that wasn't realized before as far as fat the uh well it's an appetite suppressant too so i mean you're if you're using this all the time you guarantee you'll lose some weight by you know other methods as well it's also really good decongestant most beta you know uh, beta i guess it would have to be because that's one of the thing the biggest thing in asthma is it's you can't be more congested than an asthma attack basically that's true generally so the uh okay so they have to do more work on this but we don't True freedom is impossible without a mind made free by discipline. Mortimer J. Adler. Never say never, because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. Inspiration does exist, but it must find you working. Pablo Picasso. Continuing with the repurposed drug topic, there is another drug that maybe you consider the fountain of youth or maybe something uh, Dracula could have taken Mm. instead of uh, all the other bad things he did to uh, stay young. Dracula didn't stay young. He stayed the same age forever. Okay, so... Six and one half dozen another. Oh, there have been vampire stories of... Why did they bite me when I was 98? They should have bit me when I was 37. Or why did they bite me when I was nine? I've been nine for 900 years now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, um, arthritis drug apparently has been shown to be able to improve the, I guess, perceived age of blood cells. Is that? Well, they the whole thing about being like blood, they were talking first about the fact of, and have we, discussed this before i know we've discussed it off the air i don't have to see if we discussed it on the podcast but when you transfuse blood from like a young mouse to an older mouse the older mouse as far as cognitive performance uh resistance to disease and if you take signs of you know physiological age get younger Mm mm-hmm so this the blood trend that's why you were coming up with the Dracula that he's sucking the blood um though it's a little different uh that's his food as opposed to that's his cure the but here uh they're saying well wouldn't it be nice if there was something a little easier to do than uh taking gigantic young blood transfusions so the, what they found was that uh the niche. I love the way they use niche. Yeah, yeah. I was con- confused by why they use right because you niche. usually use the word niche for, uh, you know, there's category a big group, yeah. and we 
work in a tiny group. That's our niche. Like, you know, uh, like uh, there are many supplements you can take, but our sponsor, Kinetic, is, has a very specific niche of, you know, the, uh, making your stress less, your stressful life hurt you less, working, calming down the stress. That's a niche in supplements. Here it's talking about niche as a literally a physical area. Yeah. It's in the bone marrow where the blood cells are made. The stem cells. The, right, well, right. the stem cells that become the blood cells, cells, the whole process. So it's really the breeding home, the nursery for all of these blood cells. They call that the niche. I'd call it the nest. You know, you say yeah. tomato. And they're saying with time, problems happen with that. It's not as good. The physical structure of the breeding nursery is being damaged. And they're going, like most things, it's inflammation over time that does a lot of the damage. There's an increase in an inflammatory biomarker IL-1B. And mm -hmm. for those who are out there, it's interleukin is what Ooh. IL stands for, 1B, which is an inflammatory marker. And this uh, arthritis drug blocks interleukin 1b so they found that after giving um i believe so, uh, on mice this uh thrice drug and that, that improved and that their quality Nira. of the blood Hanak Nira. um but they did say that the improvements were even better when they were given prophylactically to younger mice as they aged so starting them sooner and continuing to give it to them uh, was a better long-term result than just giving the older individual that already had problems. Right, uh, so in a way they're saying if you have a dilapidated, run-down factory and you're still using it to make stuff, the quality of the stuff you make is going to be bad. And if you make the, if you clean up the factory, refurbish it, it's going to produce better products. So the blood is better from a cleaned-up niche where it's being made, and the better blood improves everything it services, which is... Your entire body. <laughs> you say niche, I say nest. Now let's move on to the next. Set your goals high and don't stop until you get there. Bo Jackson. Luck is when opportunity comes along and you are prepared for it. Author unknown. The road to success and the road to failure are almost exactly the same. Colin R. Davis. Everything you ever wanted is sitting on the other side of fear. George Adar. Mikey, are loud noises killing you softly? Uh, I think a lot of things slowly killing me, but uh, I didn't know loud noises could be one of them. I'm trying to protect your health by not being loud, because I'm all about other people. Ah, well, you are correct. Apparently, uh, a new study was showing that loud noise, specifically noises from airplanes, can increase your chance of cardiovascular problems, a.k.a. slowly killing you. Oh, so it's not me talking that's killing people. Okay, then I'm going to talk. Yes, they have found that they always knew that, let's say, if you have a heart attack, you know, they keep things quiet, that loud noises yeah. aren't good. But they were kind of thinking, like, the shock, the jolt will give you a heart attack. What they've actually found is if you hear loud noises before a heart attack, 
it actually starts a lot of bad processes in the body and a lot of inflammation processes in the bad body. And it can if, induce one if you if if you induce one, or if you just happen to have one, the inflammatory response will be much more overkill and cause much more damage. Yeah, they found that loud noises increase inflammatory cell accumulation in the heart and blood vessels. And of course, the louder the noise is and the more consistent the noise is, the more of the buildup, which can lead to, you know, a blood flow blockage and or, and or eventual heart attack. So when we talk about things like glycemic jolts, ups and downs and things like that, that cause, you know, chronic inflammation and bit by bit damage to heart and the vessels, so can having constant loud noise, it becomes a new risk factor up there with smoking. So, I mean, I would imagine anyone that's working at the airport, whether it's the airline pilot to those working the ground, have a much higher likelihood of a cardiovascular event and a heart, some kind of heart attack. Or, I mean, what if they built that into Comet Pay? Insurance companies charging more for uh, insuring those individuals? Yeah, you also... When you have all the, you know, it's not just plane noise. And I'm saying now, I literally, at two in the morning, there are cars with stereo so loud, I can feel vibrations in my bedroom two stories up. Oh, it can't be good for the person in the car. So forgetting the fact that being constantly woken up by that noise is bad for your health. Even if you sleep through it, it's bad for your health. Uh, you know, the only solace you can take is the person sitting in that car is not only going deaf, not so slow, so they don't even realize how loud it is anymore. It's killing brain cells directly. Forget, you know, so it's it's attacking their health in every which way. I can't wait, you know, somewhere 10, 15 years from now, you're going to have some of these morons suing that it's not their fault they played the music too loud. It's the company who sold them the speakers, and they're suing, just like they sue, people sue the cigarette companies. Oh, they'll be dead beforehand. The, uh, well, that's natural selection. We don't have tigers chasing us anymore. Well, the so. smokers live long enough to sue the companies that, uh, they, they bought from. Oh, last week we talked about how silence is golden and, oh, and that's the, right. the benefits of silence on the brain. I think and, that was more than a week ago. That was a while ago. Uh, and now we're talking about the, you know, the detriment of loud noises. So, uh, you know, some a little quiet time is probably good for you. That even falls in line with all the, you know, the studies out there talking about spending time in nature. You know, more often than not, if you went into the middle of the forest, it's going to be a lot quieter and cleaner air and uh, overall just better for your health. Sure. And the sound that wakes you up might be a lion, which is detrimental to your health. Oh, you can't get everything, Mark, okay? Well, um, Hopefully in the jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is a quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow. Marianne Radmacher. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Warren Buffett.
So, everyone has a thinks mucus is a terrible thing, but it actually does wonders, and it's actually a very important part of your guess, homeostasis, uh, whether it's uh, your esophagus and more importantly, your lungs. Besides keeping it nice and, and moist and controlled, mucus protects you from a a lot of different bacterial and viral infections. It is your filter. Mm-hmm. Uh... So this new product, I guess, if you want to call it, Mark, drug. I'm not even sure what it, you. I don't know if it's us. really a drug. Uh, uh, I prefer uh, what you listed here. Inhale a mask. Well, that's a good way of putting it because in this study, um, they used it to see how effective it would be against COVID nineteen or SARS. And they found... Both. SARS COVID-19 and original flavor SARS. Oh, the original flavor. So, uh, this product, which is a blend of uh, gelatin, a polyacrylic acid, and a non-toxic ester, is how it was described. Oh, do you want to get into the arrogance of their name? SHIELD. Oh, yes. This is the most forced acronym I've ever seen in my life. Spherical hydrogel inhalation for enhanced lung defense. I believe they're Marvels, agents of Shield. <laughs> exactly. So this this powder was put uh, in an inhaler, um, and they tested against the, the original SARS and SARS uh, COVID nineteen, and they found uh, after using this inhaler type of the product within the first. Uh, for uh, four hours of use, there was a seventy-five percent improvement in blocking, as as well as a complete uh, there was zero um, symptoms symptoms found, and then within twenty-four hours, I believe it was just just under twenty percent. Eighteen percent. You are correct. Yeah, blockage of uh, infection. Right. So basically, this powder is micro capsules of a gel, like micro beads, and. When you inhale it, it spreads itself along the mucus, the mucosal layer, in technical terms. And as you breathe, it gets moist. And when it gets moist, it becomes a gel. It's a hydrogel. So it has a consistency not unlike mucus, and it's attached to the mucus. So what it's doing is thickening the mucus layer, your natural filter. And it'll last for 48 hours, and, you know, by the time that it disappears... And then no known side effects. It doesn't slow down respiration. So it's just saying we're improving your natural filter, your mucus. And it also, they tested it with original SARS and they found no signs of fibrosis or lung inflammation for eight hours. Yeah. And with the, uh, I think it was a good up, up to 48 hours, but even 24 hour use is, is amazing how, how good it is. And they tested it on the monkeys, I believe, with, no issues for their, uh, about 24 and obviously decreases over time. And within 48 hours, I believe it's completely wiped from the body. It's non-toxic. So this is uh, amazing, something to even just be used for hospital staff or those in infectious areas, a kind of a, you know, prophylactic, you know, prevention of having, you know, increased interaction with those that are maybe sick or have respiratory disease or even those who are immunocompromised. Uh, and, now we don't talk enough about mucus, street name, 
uh, snot, the uh, people just put it down. But it's unbelievably important. And, you know, don't make fun of the snot-nosed kid because if you – there's some people – uh, who post-nasal drip, for instance. They just have a little too much and it's always there. But it actually could be protective. When you get a cold, you start way overproducing the phlegm. The, the, that's mucus. Uh, and you know when it's coming out with all the colors that it's a filter. It You're fighting a virus. There's, you know, good inflammatory response going on. You're killing some invading stuff and... It's the garbage comes out with the filter. The but people who are produce more mucus faster before they're sick are less likely to get sick because the filter's there. There's one other thing, which was an article I read in the 1980s, and I never found a follow up on it. There was a architect, I believe he was who just at the beginning of a cold, which he knew, you know, when you start sniffling, it's going to get worse for a couple days and then run its course. So he was working from home. Problem was, his nose was dripping a little, and they work with a very special type of paper that can't take any moisture at all. So, you know, he's mouth breathing, but the nose is still dripping, so he put a clothespin on it to pinch his nose shut to protect his work. And the cold went away before it even really got to its, usually the third day is the worst. It just went away with amazing speed. And researchers looked at it and they think what happened was he warmed up his nasal passages very quickly because he shut them with the clothespin. And that's one thing Certain viruses love the nasal passages because it's a few degrees cooler than the regular internal body, and that's their favorite temperature. One thing that happens with the fever is the fever is trying to heat and kill the invading virus or bacteria before it kills you. So by shutting the passages and warming them up to body temp, and one thing when you're stuffed with mucus, everything warms up. So when you keep clearing it out, you're actually, I mean, you need to clear it out to breathe, but the flip side is you're not letting it warm. Yeah, though, I mean, also covering your nose and breathing onto your mouth, if you're in a bad position and you have the cold. Yeah. No, there are limits one thing, to that. Because you're, you also have less filtering technique to right. breathing. And, and mouth, mouth isn't made for long-term breathing. Your throat no. dries out. And if you have a cold, you don't want to dry out the throat, which is getting sore anyway. So, yeah, they weren't. This The one thing is I never saw follow-up research on this. And a lot of times we talk about an article and say this is the beginning, not the end. The more And you, you hope that next year or two years from now you say, hey, we took this further and is going to, we're testing a treatment now. But sometimes you just never hear these things again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They, they just take things, you know, the research just disappears. Or they just never look into it further. Right. And or sometimes maybe they find it was wrong, but you never get an article of that. <laughs> Saying it was refuted. Yeah. Right, that, that wasn't what happened with this guy. It was a weird. So uh, remember, one anecdote doesn't prove of anything. So, but. One way or the other, having a good mucosal layer filter is good, and this can help it. Especially non-toxic. It's an inhaler, like I said, for, uh, you know, whether it's a 
hospital staff or someone immunocompromised, this is much better than taking, you know, antiviral drugs or anything like that, you know, all the time. Right. And again, this is, you know, once you're really immunocompromised, this is just a little drop in the bucket of help. But just like when you start saying you, you want to stay away from everyone, you want so every layer of protection, you know, keep in the bubble, you know, so these are all just trying to have shields, filters. So this is one more in the arsenal. Well, I don't know if there's anything that can follow that topic. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting and cool technology. And, I, you know, I'm excited. A lot of, you know, we are making amazing progress in the, the side of medicine and medical technology. Unfortunately, it takes forever to get from, well, most things take forever to get from research to being general public use. Not all, but. We'll save that for another time. Speaking of another time, uh, it's time to start preparing for the next time by ending this time. <laughs> Very true. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this amazing day. Uh, thank you for the love, support. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at kineticlife.com. Again, that's podcast at Kinetic, K-I-N-E-T-I-Q-L-I-F-E.com. Subscribe, share, like. I'm your host, Mike Shalvudis. I'm Mark Hertzberg, the guy who's here with your host, so I guess I'm being hosted in person. (laughs) Until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. The Kinetic Life Podcast is sponsored by Kinetic Renew. Kinetic Renew is a four-round shot of all-natural ingredients that deliver some amazing benefits, like improved mental clarity, long- and short-term focus, and improved memory and cognition. Plus, Kinetic Renew improves mood with the added benefits of anti-stress and anti-anxiety. Here's what people are saying. I drink a bottle of Kinetic Renew, and I'm in a better mood. It's like waking up on the right side of the bed. (laughs) It's great. My mental focus is clearly better. I do notice that I have better clarity. Definitely improves my mood for sure. It reduces my stress. Visit KineticLife.com today. Log on now and use promo code POD1 for 30% off. That's 30% off your order when you use promo code POD1. KineticLife.com. K-I-N-E-T-I-Q Life.com. Do it now. You're going to love Kinetic Renew. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Life Podcast. Catch a new show every other Thursday. You'll find us everywhere you can listen to a podcast. And remember, be safe, have fun, and go for your dreams. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. All comments, jokes, views, and ideas expressed are those of the hosts or guests and do not represent any company or organizations with whom they may be affiliated. Always make sure to consult your own physician before starting any new diet, supplement, or exercise routine. Oh, and there's one more thing. If you're working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Steve Jobs.